Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. Music conversations with one big question. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. I'm your host, Keith Hall, and this is episode number five. Now, our guest today is Josiah Gluck, and Josiah is an audio engineer with this astounding resume that includes this massive list of studio recordings. He's a three-time Grammy nominee and an Emmy Award winner. And he's a real New Yorker. And uh, he's been the music engineer on many television shows, including Carson Daly Show for three seasons, and also Jimmy Fallon and Conan O'Brien, and the Christmas in Rockefeller Center. Uh, but for the last 28 years, he's mixed the music we hear on NBC's Saturday Night Live. That's right, SNL. So as you can imagine, he's got some stories. Uh, we met a few years ago when we were doing some recordings with singer Curtis Stigers. Uh, we had a couple special guests, John Pizzarelli and Larry Goldings, and we'll talk about that a bit. But before we talk to Josiah, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and leave a comment and rating. That helps us spread the word. All right. Let's talk to Josiah Gluck. Josiah, thank you for being on the podcast, and it's great to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while since uh, we did some Curtis Insanity. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what did we do? Two records, I think? Two? We or? did, I think, Maybe. two or three. Yeah, yeah. I did three with him, and uh, those are the kind of projects I like where you listen back to it and you say, this is really good. When did we actually do this? Because I just remember us cracking up. I mean, him and... Pizzarelli and, and, and Larry, I, it's amazing I didn't wet myself from laughing all the time. Yeah, and then we would do it, and then we would kill it in one take. Yeah, I, I'll never forget, yeah, Larry, that was the first time I'd worked with him like that, and just, he's like, hey, what if I did this, and had some little idea, well, let me go, let's go try a pass of this, and then it was masterful. Mm -hmm. And you're like... Uh, yeah, I think that worked. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. That'll work. So you have been the sound engineer, I guess is your title. What is your title at Saturday Night My, Live? Uh, I am one of two guys who mix the music for the live broadcast for SNL. It's myself and my co-worker, co-pilot, work wife, a gentleman named Jay Vicari, who's been with the show for a little over 32 years, 33 years. This is my 28th season, although it's a little truncated from uh, the epidemiological climate, but that's yeah. how long I've been with the show. Now, how did that come about? That came about sort of, well, the short version of the longer story is I was working at GRP Records, Dave Grusin and Larry Rosen's joint back in the 80s. Wow. And I got the call through some people I know to come and talk to someone about this new music show that was starting up called Night Music. Oh. Well, then it was called Sunday Night. Sunday Night, yep. Uh, as someone said, it was only convicts with insomnia were our only audience, 1230 on a Sunday I was morning. right there. I was right there with you. And someone, a couple people told them, oh, you need that guy from GRP Records to mix this thing for you. And I hadn't had any really live uh, mixing experience. I had done one record with Dave Valentine at the Blue Note. 
But the funny thing is, I had an initial interview about night music, and then I got told I got the gig, and it uh, and the and the in between that is when I did uh, the Dave Valentine record. But anyway, I worked on night music and lasted for about a season. And at that point, I also decided to go freelance and go on my own way, leaving GRP, but still doing a lot of work for them. And then the folks from SNL reached out to me and said, we need another person in a different audio department, basically handling the needle drops for music, which we put all on cart. Now everything is done with samplers and fired from MIDI keyboards and using replay and everything but it was just this bank of old broadcast carts I had 15 of them and I would do the needle drops and I would also do the recording and editing of voiceovers to be played back as well so I would do that during the sketches Wow! and I did that for my first three years on the show working very closely with Hal Wilner who unfortunately just passed mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. from COVID and then three years into the show, I had the opportunity to move into the music room, which was really where my forte was. And I've been there ever since. But I will also say that I spent 10 years in that music room doing odds and ends of things and basically assisting and tape opping and patching and all of that. And I was very happy to wait the 10 years because you've got to get the screw-ups out of your system. It's a tremendous responsibility. And as you and I know, I've been doing, up to that point, I've been doing a lot of jazz albums, but I hadn't been doing a lot of serious rock and roll or hip-hop. And to sort of sit back and look and learn and listen and listen, 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 listen to get the sense of how you get your hands wrapped around something like that. Now it's completely second nature. I don't even think about it. But it was a tremendous education. And the first show I ever did on my own there was with Shakira. (laughs) And then you move all the way forward to doing the 40th anniversary show. Oh, wow. Which was on the air for three and a half hours and ultimately snagging an Emmy for that. But if you had told me that that's what the career arc would be before I even got, before I was at GRP when Grusin and Rosen stole me from another studio in Manhattan in 1982, <laughs> I would have never thought that that's where this all was going to. And to, you know, to sit shoulder to shoulder with guys like Bob Clearmountain and mix the 40th anniversary show. And uh, also then do a lot of post-production on the show and then do other music shows for NBC. So it's, uh, it's crazy, but it's an amazing gig. Uh, when I was uh, in high school, whenever that came out in the late 80s, that show was life to me. That was like I was waiting, a manna from heaven. You know, every Sunday I would, I would you know, record it on my VHS. I'd watch it. Then I get up the next morning and watch it all week, and I was an Omar Hakim freak at the time. Oh yeah, Omar, and loved Marcus, and and was a giant Sanborn fan. So the whole band was just like all my favorite people, Hiram Bullock, everybody in the same room, every week with amazing guests, Joe Cocker, I mean mm-hmm. Phoebe Snow, you know Miles. You mentioned it, 
And I loved that show. You know, the funny thing was that I knew so many of those guys because that was also really the, well, sort of the end of the heyday of studio musicians mm. and that whole scene in the city. Um, I had worked with Hiram on a solo record of his back in 1981-82 when I was at Secret Sound, and he was coming in and working from like 8.30 p.m. till 3.30 in the morning because he had just, yeah, I'm doing this new thing, a guy named Letterman, we're all doing this show. <laughs> and so after the shows were done taping, that's when we'd start working on this thing, and it was a long project but uh yeah and i had worked when phoebe came on it was great because i had worked with her on a gruesome record and oh yeah there was one show where we had patty austin and donald fagan and joe sample oh and it was just insane and it's funny because i've worked with a lot of people and i'll say oh it's very nice to meet you i enjoy your work and things like that but Joe Sample's the only guy I ever got to sign two CDs for me <laughs> in 30-something years. Because it's wow. like, oh, come on. So I've got my Rainbow Seeker and Carmel CDs oh, with his with his autograph. That's beautiful. Yeah, there were so many guests. Al Green and uh, Joe Walsh. I mean, I remember. Oh, those... Joe Walsh. Right? Anson, oh, we did Joe Walsh. And who else did I work with on there? Oh, I mean, Johnny Clegg, who I had never worked with before, who was amazing. Oh, wow, yeah. And Darlene Love and Al Jarreau doing Summertime oh. as this sort of slinky reggae thing, which I know sounds sort of redundant, but it was an arrangement that Marcus came up with, which is like right on the spot. Yeah, right. And you would just watch these guys put it together. Ah, man. Unbelievable. And, and you know... And it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and the director was Davey Wilson, who was taking, I think, a bit of a sanity break from having done a number of seasons on SNL. So I came over. I mean, the show was also a serious hybrid of SNL people behind the scenes as well. Okay. So it was, you know, Lorne Michaels was the EP, but there were a lot of guys. When I got to SNL a few years later, I wound up working with as well. And some of these guys who have gone on to other things I still encounter now and then. There's a, like a collective millennium or two of experience on that show at this point. I've been there 20-something. Jay's been there 30-something. I mean, guys on the floor. I mean, just, I also say it's like being in college because you'll pass people on campus. You've seen them. You know that they belong there. You, see, you know their face. It's like, hey, how you doing? I don't know their name. I don't know their major. I don't know where they live, but they belong there. Right. And so you people I have seen... Every day, I'm there, 20 years or more. I don't know what they do. <laughs> Something out on the floor. I mean, it's funny. I'm rarely out on the floor when the show is live. Right. There were a couple of times when a very dear friend, uh, Dave Smith, passed away. He was a brilliant engineer, and he loaned us some killer mics. Sting did a thing once where... And Penn was playing piano, and it was just like he wanted to do... A little trio date with a Gershwin tune, and it's like Lauren was like, "Sure," but we had this beautiful AKG C24 microphone, stereo tube mic, and I was like, "Josiah is the one who's going to go out there and set it up." So I get towards the end of that sketch for Jay's mixing, but I run down the hall and get the mic set up and in position, 
and then just hang there and then get it off so it's not Neanderthaled with sets moving and things yeah. like that. Wow. So have you ever been able to make an appearance, though, in a, in a skit or on stage? No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I have a face made for radio, but <laughs> it's a, uh, no, I've never, there have been one or two things where they've been behind the scenes, you can catch a glimpse, but that's okay. about it. Right. Wow. It doesn't, it's not the reason I'm there, though. It would be sweet, but it's not necessary. And are you still doing um, recordings in studios, doing records and stuff? Yeah, when I can. I mean, you know, the whole scene is very different. But yeah, I'm out there doing stuff, um, working with a great sax player here in town, a guy named Mike Cohen. We've been working mm -hmm. on a project on and off. And I just uh, mixed something for a young singer-songwriter, just one tune. Cool. And uh, so there's... There's always stuff to be doing. I mean, the interesting thing is, of course, during this time we're living in now, with uh, how do you perform and record or do a TV show which might have 100 people just on the floor, not to mention the 300 people in the audience, and how are we going to move forward with that? We did do three remote shows, yeah, which worked out pretty well. I mean, people did stuff at home. They send it to the, all this uh, material goes to the editors. The editors typically work, I think, in Premiere or Final Cut. And they okay. put it all together and laying in tracks of sound effects and dialogue and maybe music stings. And then that is all turned into what's known as an OMF or an AAF. And they uh, then Dropbox that to me. And I can put that into Pro Tools and it all unfurls in Pro Tools. And then I can do a proper sound mix on it and send it back. I get a you know, low-res video file. And the other thing is we can make sure that it's keeping within the levels for broadcast spec mm -hmm. because you don't want to fry the satellite or you know, melt fiber optic cables <laughs> right. you know, feeding the transmitter. So. Well, I, for one, am a huge SNL fan, and it's really fun to hear about how that show works and what Josiah does there and about all the other amazing projects he's been a part of for the last couple of decades. This is actually the first of two episodes with Josiah. We're going to get in to some more about Saturday Night Live in the next episode, and he's going to talk about his time working with Prince on SNL. That's going to be great. So tell your friends. We sure appreciate you being with us. And until next time, be who you be. And do what you do. Take care.